I'm Michael Sean Harris, and you're listening to Mike's Moment Of, a weekly podcast in which I, along with my guests, share our various interests in moments of inspiration, truth, life, technology, culture, and more. I hope you're entertained and informed, and that you feel inspired to join me again and again in my Moments Of. Welcome to this episode of Mike's Moment Of. This is my radio voice, and I'm speaking with <laughs> my good friend, Elena Hughes, who's in uh, in Valencia. We went to school together, where we did our master's together. And Elena is someone I love, and uh, she's, you know, a super nerd, like like many of us who were in, in the uh, program together. And she, in my opinion, is doing some amazing things. She's always been doing some amazing things. Uh, when we were in college, uh, some of her, her her music and her her, her video productions, uh, it was always fun to be a part of. Anyway, I mean, Elena, we'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, Elena, how are you, my love? I'm good. <laughs> uh, what time is it in Valencia now? It's... Five o'clock. Okay. Five, okay, five o'clock cool. in the afternoon. It's approximately mm-hmm. seventy degrees. Oh, oh, that's nice. It's not raining. It's sunny. Is it sunny there? Well, no. It's been, it's been, uh, like the the. You know how it never rains, and then when it yes. rains, it's like, <laughs> it's like hell coming down. So the last yep. two days, uh, it just stormed and rained, and the Turia okay. actually became a river again. Wow. And people start like there's videos of people's cars near uh, the other side of the river just like floating away. Oh, wow. Well, that's kind of been happening here too. So um, we've been having like three weeks of rain um, on and off. And yeah, there's been flooding and roads disintegrating. Uh, but anyway. We're going to build an ark. You're going to build what? Going to build an ark. <laughs> yeah. Problem is, there's nowhere to go. Anyway, I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> Where are we going? Okay, all right. But okay, but we're here to talk about about your journey um, as an engineer and as a woman in tech. Actually, just as a person in tech, really, because you you do it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so. A woman's journey, a lifetime original. <laughs> <laughs> Star, starring Dar- what's her name? Darren starring, Green. Star, starring Meredith Baxter Burney. <laughs> yes, yes, and then you, you cue the uh, Dynasty music. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So I mean, you 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 went to Berkeley, Boston, as well. But yes. did you have? I mean, before you went to to Berkeley, Boston, how what was your involvement with? engineering or technology and you know that kind of stuff so i got into recording when i was about like 14 or 15 Hmm. and i didn't really have like the only thing we really had was we had you know a crappy pc 
and you could record one track digitally. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I got, I got really into recording and then, uh, I started playing guitar when I was 13 and then I quickly, you know, delved into spending all of my money on instruments. So I got into like buying, um, you know, buying this multi effects guitar pedal and I would run my drum machine through it and, and <laughs> just make <laughs> weird sounds. And I made uh, I made an electronic album when I was fifteen. What? And I was uh, <laughs> I was in this band. I was in an all girl band. And so I like made the the album and put it on a CD. And I sold tried to sell the CDs at the show and stuff. So, so. That's that's pretty cool though. What what was the name of the band? Uh, Powder kegs. Powder kegs. Okay. And then I was just, uh, I didn't have like a, a great electronic name. It was just Elena. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and uh, then kind of, I, you know, programs started coming out that you could multi-track record. Uh, when I was in the band, we uh, one of the bandmates had one of those Tascam machines. Yeah. So we used that to record and I would record that and and mix it, like run it into the computer. And my dad helped me set up um in an office room, uh, a little like recording area. It was really it was really like <laughs> <laughs> with like, you know, VCA cables and like all, all RCA cables going everywhere and mm-hmm. a, a mess compared to, you know, what we set up now. But, right. um, yeah. I, uh, so I got really into it. And, uh, when I was, when I was getting ready to graduate from high school, um, I didn't really, uh, like I went to this college prep school and I didn't want to go to college. <laughs> um, but I found, one day when I was reading a guitar magazine, I found uh, an ad for Full Sail uh, recording program. And I was like, whoa, I can go to school for recording? Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, nobody had ever brought that up to me before, you know, mm-hmm. going to school for something that you wanted to do. So, uh, <laughs> and it was in Florida. So, uh we just right. went uh, one day to an open house and um, and checked it out. And I remember uh, like in our town, we didn't have uh, we, we didn't have like a guitar center or, or any of that. Uh, so oh, okay. <laughs> um, I went to guitar center and bought um, like some some crappy program. It wasn't even like Cubase or anything. It was just some random program. It, it, I think it was like pre, pre Cubase or something. Oh, wow. okay. And I got it and, and we were leaving and the, the, the guitar center was like very condescendingly like, is that for you? And, Cause I was carrying it out. And I'm like, no, it's for my pet monkey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So yeah, so so did, so did you get a lot of like attitudes like that? Do I mean with the stuff that you were into? I mean, you're playing guitar, making all these you know cool textures and sounds, and you know doing recording into the technology stuff. Uh, what was what was the reaction like from your family, from your friends, from you know people you don't really care about, um, you know strangers, <laughs> audience members, whatever. Um, well, I mean, so, some of the people who who knew I was doing it when I was you know like fifteen, and they listened to it, they're like, "Oh, that's interesting that you're you're doing this." Uh, I think just the school that I went to and everything, because I would do you know performances when we had an event or something mm. like that. I would uh, try to get some people together to do some songs, or I would uh, perform with my drum machine. Um, I think, you know, if there were maybe one or two people who would think, oh, that's interesting or, mm. um, you know, <laughs> kind right. of like with with between that and the, the artwork that I did, I, I think more people were like uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> Con- concerned for your sanity. <laughs> they were concerned. They wanted to call the police. <laughs> or the, 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 I wanted to call the men with the white uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i can see that because yeah. it's conservative florida so um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but okay. uh but yeah i mean what i mean once i got to i mean when the, once i got to full cell there was you know i there were kind of worse attitudes from from a lot of the guys uh but you know i i didn't really mm-hmm. feel like you know. Really, at full sale, there there were there were worse attitudes. That's yeah, because it's. Uh, I mean, it, when I went in two thousand two, mm-hmm. uh, I think that maybe it was just a me and one other girl in the class, and they have these big classes. Okay. And when you go through the recording program at that time, I had. Uh, like you, you get split up into groups and you do the recording things. Okay. And so <laughs> I would be friends with, with some of these guys, you know, and then when we get to start working together and I started, you know, voicing my opinion on things and everything else, they didn't like that. They were like, well, back home, I'm used to, to women not talking about something. What? In 2002? Yeah. I mean, that's not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. So... That was fun wow. to deal with. That's ridiculous. Okay, so, so you did you did you do the full program? You, you completed it at at full sale? Did you leave before? Or what did you do? No, I I did the program at that time. They only had the associates program. Okay. So I did that, and then uh, planned to move to New York mm-hmm. in 2003, So I was nineteen. Okay. So after that, I, I had gone and kind of done research about doing internships and stuff. So so then I moved to New York and uh, so doing some internships and uh, I interned at uh, this one studio uh, that really was not for me. Um, okay. It's like a hip hop studio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which <laughs> is like the... It was just not a good environment for me. Okay. Um, okay. So after a couple of months of that, then I started getting into uh, 
and turning on movies uh, oh, okay. and uh, just did basically like whatever I could find. But uh, mm-hmm. then, so, uh, yeah. Um, so while you were at, at Full Sail and, and between that time and going to New York, um, were there any kind of projects you were working on that you, that you, that you liked, that you enjoyed or nothing really? I mean, you don't, you don't really get, I don't know if it's changed, but we didn't really get into doing the things like, uh, they would bring in a band for you and you would get okay. one recording session Oh, uh, I see. And then okay. you would mix them or, um, you know, you would, you would do the, the post-production clip. Um, so I really enjoyed, uh, the part of, um, recording the band, of course. And then I, I really enjoyed doing the, the sound design and, and the post-production, mm-hmm. um, probably more than I would have expected. Okay. Yeah. But you don't really get the time to, um. To go and do other, like to make the connection with with the people that you're recording and have time to have control over it, you know, like mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. you do in the MP and E. Okay, okay. So, so back in in New York, then. So, what are some of the other internships that you that you took up? Um. So yeah, I did that in studio. Um, I was at another studio for a couple of weeks. So the problem in that time was there were plenty of internships and and things like that, but nobody that, you know, nobody that really wanted to give you a job. Um, Mm. so it just ended up being really frustrating. Okay. Um, but I, I did that. I was at another studio for, I don't know, maybe a month. And then I worked on two films. Okay. Um, anything we know? I mean, one was like a low-budget film. I was pretty sure that it was being funded by the mob. Because um, <laughs> okay. there was all these, these Italian guys, and it was like this, this you know, this Italian guy's uh, son wanting to make a movie. They are just and, uh, laundering the money, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, then there w- and then I was excited. I got to work on um, the Strangers with Candy movie, which is um, – this show that I had loved in high school because mm-hmm. it's so bizarre. Yeah. So yes, I've seen it. <laughs> I was excited that I got to work on that. Ah, that's cool. Okay. When, when did you decide to, to, um, go to Berkeley? Um, cause I was just getting, I was just getting fed up with, um, with, uh, doing all the internships and I was just, uh, I was uh, I was really pissed off in general. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, <laughs> if you think I'm angry now, <laughs> uh, you should have seen me then. Um, yeah. But what was it? Because I mean, no one was taking a chance on you. Is that why you were pissed off and frustrated? Or oh, it was that? Was it- and then I had just come out of you know, of, of high school. I had a really bad time in high school, okay. and then. Like I barely graduated and mm. Uh, mm. going through full cell, you know, really wasn't a good uh, experience for me. Right. And then, you know, it was just, uh, I was just pissed off, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. 
people and the world and everything else. So my my attitude wasn't really great. I mean, you know. Okay. So I just started getting really tired of like of, of everything. So um, I started looking at colleges and things like that because I have this constant interest in in learning and can you continue mm-hmm. to learn uh and a lot of the jobs that I were that that I would be looking for uh online they all required bachelor's degrees which I didn't have okay um so I said okay well if I want to you know improve if I want to really get some of these bigger jobs then I need to look into getting a bachelor's degree uh and my mom had been doing travel nursing um, and she went to Boston mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, she was, she was doing like different activities in Boston and she ended up, uh, I think she, she was learning to sail <laughs> and then she was taking like sailboat lessons on the trials <laughs> or something. Okay. And she, and she ended up with a violin player who went to Berkeley. So she ended up with a what? A violin player. Okay. Okay. So I didn't know anything. I didn't know that Berkeley existed. Like nobody had ever brought it to my attention before. So mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. learned about it from this violin player. And my mom was really in love with Boston. And okay. she said, oh, there's this college and it's a music college and blah, blah, blah. And maybe you should look at it. And at the time I was looking at music business programs because I thought, okay, well, I have the the recording background maybe mm-hmm. i should look at a business background so it's more well-rounded right and um and yeah and, and i i moved back to um i moved back to florida for a couple of months mm-hmm. um and then we ended up going to visit boston and berkeley and and all of that and and yeah okay so when when you when you went what what changed your mind from from business? Because you did MPNE when you went, right? Yeah. Yeah. What 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 made you change your mind? Because business is the worst. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is. Is, is it, was it because of the, the people doing it, or the people teaching it, or you just because something must have went, you know, in your head is like, yeah, I'm not doing this. No, well, okay. <laughs> No, the, huh? the the teachers. I mean, the te- the couple of teachers that I had for a couple of classes were were characters. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, um, I think his name's Sky. Um, mm-hmm. I had him for for a class where you're writing, learning to write a business plan, which was actually really good for for now. And okay. he's like, I I had a business plan one time. My business plan was to walk up to a jewelry store. And punch through the glass and steal the diamonds out of the window. <laughs> like what? Oh my god, that would not fly right now. Oh my god. But uh, I took um, I took that class, and then I took um, a class where you you learn a lot of basics about music business law. It was really right. interesting and everything, but then when I started looking further at the the curriculum, and and I really missed doing technical stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you know I do have some strengths 
of, you know, marketing and, you know, promoting whether it's myself or stuff that we're doing, but I, I, I'm a technical person. I need to, you know, be doing that. And I looked at the curriculum and it was like, I taxes. I seriously have to take like a tax. Like I didn't want to do all of that bullshit. Like, yeah, I was just like, Oh, (laughs) So, so I, I looked into MBE and then applied for that and got in. Okay, okay. What 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 are some of the the courses and some of the teachers I think that made uh, that made an impact on you while you were there? I'm taking a bit of water. I hear it. I hear it. <laughs> Let me get close. <laughs> what did, what do they call that? Um, I forget the, the term. ASMR. Yes. <laughs> It'll just be a an hour recording of me sipping water. Yeah. I should have brought my tea. <laughs> uh, um so uh, what did I like? Uh I, I I got really into the the MIDI aspect because I'd always has an interest in electronic music and Okay. And programming um Music and, and, and that, so I was into that. And then, um, you know, the basic classes are sort of, you know. Uh. So why, why didn't you do uh, music synth or music tech instead, since you, you already had the uh, recording background? Um, I don't know. I mean, I if I had to do it again, I would probably do music synth. Um, okay. Because uh, it incorporates, you know, some more of the things that I'm into now. Okay. Um, but at the time, all I wanted to do was was be a recording engineer. Um, so that's really what I was what I was into. Gotcha. So I mean, the, the classes, uh, you know, my people are Mark Wessel and and Leanne. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really into uh, you know, the, the advanced rule recording classes, and then I got a job at the studio, and, and I got to do uh, engineering uh, on the side and everything. Okay. So that was... So did you, did you encounter any of the, the same attitudes at Berkeley that you did at, at um, Full Sail from either faculty or, or students? Um, mostly before I got into MP&E, okay. which might be strange. Um, but yeah, I mean, once I f- first got there, I mean, I was, you know, 21 when I started Berkeley. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of 18 year old boys there and a lot of them are dream theater fans. <laughs> and yes, yes, always. And some of them would be like, well, I only started playing guitar to get girls. And, <laughs> you know, so so I did encounter, you know, sexist attitudes. And a, and a couple of them were a little, like, scary. But um, oh, wow. okay. once I got an mp and it was uh, different. I mean, you always kind of get the the sort of posturing and things. Like in the first classes, all the guys are talking about gear Yes, and yes. it's like the 
reality version of gear slots. And it's like, you have never used this before. Okay. So. (laughs) And and they're just doing it because they think that's what they're expected to talk about. And that's what people want to hear, hear them talk about. So, yeah, you know, we talk about this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, once you kind of get first that, those first things and uh, it was, it was great, you know, to have, uh, uh, Janine in the first classes and, and Leanne and then when you get a boy who's asking a question like um, does it matter if uh, I, I think that uh, we need to uh, have this specific cable or doesn't this uh, detriment the sound a little bit and you're like no <laughs> <laughs> Next, 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 next. Anyone else? <laughs> so, so yeah. So they were, they were great. Yeah. And then you know, the further I got, you know, it was, it was, it was good. And then you know, it's nice. It was a nice community, and and okay. you know, all those is you know, guys that I was in class with, I still keep keep up with them and and see them, okay. you know, when I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so. After Berkeley, you went back to New York, or where did you go after that? Yeah, when I was uh, about to be finished, I knew I wanted to move back to New York. So I had kind of pinpointed some studios I want to go to, and then Berkeley had some connections with some. Okay. So I went to Legacy, which doesn't exist anymore. And where was Where was Legacy? Uh, it was in Times. It was in Times Square. Okay. Um, and they were kind of a a mixed studio. Um, they would what get some some hip hop stuff, but then they would also do Broadway. Okay, so th- so there were some studios that that just had like one genre recording there. I mean, this is foreign to me, you know, because I'm because here, I mean, a studio is just a studio. I mean, it, it, there's nothing. Well, as far as I know, you know, there's no, okay, we only record reggae here. We only record gospel here, unless it's someone's perfect uh, uh, private studio. So, so a lot of those studios were, were, had become kind of iconic for one particular style or, you know, one type of music or is that how it worked? Well, it was, I think it was more to do with who was making money and who could afford to record. Okay. Um, like the, the first place that I, that I ever interned at, um, was a place that Tupac got shot at. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, people oh, that would was go hip-hop. there. Right, right. Yeah. They would, they would do hip hop and then, um, yeah. So, so legacy would do more of a variety, but you know, it, it depends on who has the money to, to do the recording to pay those rates, you know, because oh, okay, um, okay. already in two thousand eight, and uh, the 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 decline uh, it had already been declining. Uh, okay, you mm-hmm. know, since since Pro Tools right. came out, um, but uh, yeah, I went on a I went on an interview to to Legacy. Uh, and I was going to go look for apartments and stuff. And I had a, an interview with the, uh, one of the guys there. Um, and he, 
started out the interview like, uh, so you're a woman. Um, <laughs> this is a very male-dominated business. And I was like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. What's your, what's your point? <laughs> and he just like went on to talk about, so um, if Jay-Z pulled up uh, and wanted to record, what would you do? Uh, and it was just, uh, it was really bizarre and uncomfortable interview. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, I had, you know, bizarre interviews before, but this one was like, the most sexist interview. Right. It was super had. condescending. Oh my gosh. And, and it's, uh, and then, you know, but after a while of, of working and in studios, um, it's also because there's reputations that go along with whoever's recording. If there was a, a girl working at the studio, um, and let's say, you know, so, one of the hip hop acts uh, showed up. Uh, they had uh, the reputation of of being really harassing to the females who were ever working there. Okay. So, um, I think one one part of it is uh, them thinking that there might be issues with that, or you might have issues with that, or maybe. You know, I, th- I think mm-hmm. they just need to let uh, let the women, you know, take responsibility. Like, I can handle myself, you know. Right. Um. Right. So yeah, it was super okay. weird, and obviously, I didn't end up working there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where where did you end up working at? So um, after I moved. Um, I went to Avatar, which is which was formerly the power station and now is the power station again. Mm-hmm. Um, and now owned by Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went there, and it was a more of a, a system. So you had to uh, intern for three months, and if they liked you, then you got a job, and if they didn't like you, they told you to go away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, so yeah. And, and I knew a couple of people from Berkeley who had done summer internships there. Mm -hmm. So I tried to get some, some knowledge on it ahead of time and said like, uh, you know, just do, you know, do this and that. So, so I tried to, you know, do do things as quickly uh, and as competently as possible. <laughs> right, so, like, right. uh, if show show your worth. Yeah. So you <laughs> literally start out like cleaning the entire studio. So you have to come in in the morning uh, and clean the whole studio, um, including the toilets. Wow. And. and um, you know, go up. You know, go buy fruit for the the musicians or whatever. And if if um, you need, if they need something, like the more that they would trust you, the more they would ask you to do. So, mm-hmm. like if they ask you, um, 
go get this, go get that. Like it, I, I made a point to make sure to know what all the gear was that we had, where it was, what microphones we had. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if somebody asked for, uh, you know, an LA2A or something like that, they said, they need this in Studio B, that I would <laughs> take the key and literally sprint up the stairs. <laughs> and if they needed like an entire, um, say they needed like four pieces of outboard gear or something like that, and it was mm-hmm. too slow, I would take all of the pieces of outboard gear in my arms and just walk wow. down the stairs. And then I would walk in the studio like this. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, they go, oh, impressive. Impressive. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. So after your three months, right. After your three months, did you end up working there? Um, yeah. So they gave me they gave me a job. The, the problem with, with that is that there were three of us interning and they hired all three of us, but they didn't make us full time. They made us part time. Okay. So okay. it was kind of a stupid situation. Um, mm. But got kind of like to prove that I really wanted to be there, I would come in uh, on days off uh, if there was a room free, and you know, do some some work in the studio to learn the rooms. Mm-hmm. Um. I did that when I was an intern too. Um, I would, uh, you know, I would do tech things because, you know, I'm a tech nerd. So <laughs> if there was, you know, fixing cables or doing those okay. sort of things in the shop, which the assistants didn't usually do. So okay. I would I would do that. And then uh, at some point they decided to keep two of us and got rid of another one. So. Okay. Okay. Survival okay. of the fittest. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but all during this time, you were were you also into the programming stuff like Max and those other things as yet, or did you become interested in that stuff later? No, I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that Max existed. I mean, I was, oh. I was, I was into doing. Uh, you know, I was, I was in a sense making weird. Mm. Guitar noises, uh, okay, all all of those things still, but uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that existed. And I mean, you know, with all this stuff with Arduino too. Like I, right. mm. uh, I had already always been interested in electronics and fixing things and all that stuff. So that's why I, you know, I was in the shop, and then I palled around with uh, with Roy the. Uh, the chief engineer, uh, okay. you know, look, you know, looking at gear, um, watching how they were fixing it, stuff like that it was, was interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are, what are some of the, uh, the high points uh, you think, uh, working at, at Avatar? Um, I mean, I, I like being in a, in a busy, hectic environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the fact that, you know, we were in this, this uh, place where, you know, stuff was going on and, you know, it's, it, you know, everything that you, you basically want to be surrounded by, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're there. So, um, mm-hmm. at it, at its best, um, um, yeah, of course. Yeah. 
So, you know, um, it's, it's, it's exciting. Like when you, you know, you have Broadway cast coming in or you have, um, you have somebody who's a big name or somebody you're excited to see, you know? Right. Um, did, did you, did you recognize or witness that attitudes, you know, that you were used to, to experiencing, you know, to, to being, to meeting, were those attitudes changing? Did it start to evolve to, you know, to, you know, something that's more, I would say normal, uh, but, you know, in terms of having, of having, of, of, of women being in, in these roles as engineers and as tech people and, Was that, was that changing at all, do you think? Well, the entire time that I was there, there was only one female engineer that came in. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean. So, so that's a no. <laughs> I mean, most of the, the people who, who came through were, uh, were fine, you know, to your face. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, one of your colleagues would say like, Oh God, these, these guys are, uh, these guys are like a bunch of divorced guys just talking and I can't take it. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And, um, and there would be some, I won't say names, but there would right. be, you know, some, some people, um, who would come in and they would, I mean, it wasn't just me, like they would be gross to the receptionists too. Wow. Um, so, um, so, I mean, the thing that, that was difficult about that was, um, they always, I think they, they always wanted to have a female receptionist so that you had like, somebody to see when people walk in the door. <laughs> yeah, um, but when I was there, you know, I was there to, to work. I was, you know, focusing on, you know, getting the job done and everything else. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you have guys there who, uh, you know, a, another Berkeley grad who was very uh, successful, uh, but he, you know, Never, I never really smiled. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes it wasn't so pleasant to be around, but nobody mm -hmm. ever commented on that, you know. Okay. Um, it was, you know, let's say, you know, one of those times that I, I rushed in with, you know, pieces of outboard gear in my, in my arms trying to bring it to session. And... Yeah. So like, let's say I have, you know, an armful of compressors or EQs or something like that. And I come into the studio. Um, I had always been taught, uh, and I also had kind of a bad experience in my first internship that mm -hmm. you should never open your mouth, uh, unless you're the, the engineer. And even then you have to watch what you say because, uh, people don't want to know your opinion. Right. So I would just go in, look at the assistant, you know, put the stuff, uh, maybe help them uh, set it up if, if they needed to. Um, and, you know, be like, hey, do you have what you need? Okay, great. Okay. And then leave, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, okay. 
And then later on, like one of the, the guys would tell me, or, or if we were in a social situation, uh, one of the people who were the engineers, they said, yeah, I mean, you didn't come in and you didn't like, you didn't smile or say anything. So we thought that you hated us. And I'm like, why do you care about yeah. what I think of you? Like when <laughs> I'm coming in to do my job, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that was the attitude. And then like I had, you know, one of the other people who worked there um, made a comment because uh, I would always, you know, hang out in the tech office and stuff, and and we were having a conversation, and and I said, well, I was, you know, making this, and and so and so was was helping me, and said it was fine. He said, oh well, he only uh, he only said that because he wants to fuck you, you know. Oh wow. And you know that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. so a lot of that is just you know, the prevailing attitude of people want to appease you. And then um, the former owner was, <laughs> the former owner uh, of Power Station was, he had been barred from the building for a long time because he would just make- Barred the, from where? The, uh, the studio. Oh, really? <laughs> because he would just make horrific statements every time that he came. Wow. Um, about whatever woman was there. Uh, mm-hmm. he was just gross. And okay. I think my boss was testing me one time because I assisted on, on this thing for him. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, you there's just, the test? <laughs> yeah, there's just, uh, yeah. I mean, I ended up having to do, to, to assist some, some, uh, you know, nonsense. Um, so a lot of it is just like trying to bite your tongue and act as professional as you can. Okay. Um, and there was, uh, you know, I mean, there was a, a producer who, who worked there who really tested me because he would, uh, like come up behind me and lift me up off the ground. What? Like I was like. I don't know, a, a baby goat. <laughs> and That's weird. Like when a like a grown, like big man comes comes up behind you and puts his arms around your chest and lifts you up. Mm. It's like, what are you doing? And I I got angry about that, and I said, and you know, don't do that, and you know, like don't send me texts at you know, three in the morning, you know, and it was sending you texts at three in the morning. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Um, what? Yeah. It was just like, it was just weird. And I, you know, I said, you know, this, I don't like this. Uh, I did, you know, as, as anyone has, like, I didn't give you permission to first of all, touch me much less, mm-hmm. you know, up to me in a workplace and pick me up like I'm your property. Mm-hmm. So he, at some point he was working with a friend of mine and he saw something on my Facebook and he was like, take a screenshot of that. I want to get her fired. Oh, wow. And so it's like, it, you know, it's like retribution, you know, the same thing that 
people face for or retaliation mm-hmm. uh, for when you know women don't want to put up with somebody's bullshit anymore. Right, right, right. So how long uh, did you how long did you end up staying there? Um, two and a half years. Okay. Okay. No. Yeah. I mean, the it it gets kind of frustrating because you know I had some really cool moments there and I loved being there, mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to move ahead and I didn't see my boss promoting me. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it was. It felt more of a of a sexist thing. Like he, like before he had said, Oh, well you need to talk to clients more. And I said, well, that's not like, that's not what I'm here to do. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. here to to do a job and I can be amiable and everything else, but I'm not going to flirt with people. (laughs) Um, Okay. So when you left, what did you do? uh, I went to go work at a, post-production facility. Okay. Is uh, it still around? Yeah, it's still around. It's uh, like they have uh, offices in LA and London uh, and they do all kinds of stuff, like it, mostly visual effects. Okay. Um, and uh, they, they did a lot of Super Bowl spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was. I, I got it. Kind of somebody referred me. Um, okay. So I just kind of went there because I wanted a, a change, and mm. uh, they offered me a job to stay there because uh, I was like a permalancer before, and they mm-hmm. offered me to stay, and I decided to take another job at an audio post place. Okay. Okay. So what? what uh, how many different studios or, or production facilities did you work at? Um, I worked there, and then um, I went to a small audio post house mm-hmm. um, where, you know, it was a lot slower, um, doing a lot of, just voiceovers or, or, you know, internet recordings. Okay. Um, so it was quite boring. <laughs> um, but I ended up bringing in some more, like at first it was quite difficult because they didn't really ask me to do anything. Um, and I kind of had to fight for the fact of, hey, I can do this. I can do video as well, uh, in addition to, you know, the audio stuff. So I kind of had to really push there, um, mm-hmm. because I don't know. It was just, it's just I was like, why did you hire me? Because uh, I found out I was getting paid less than the cool. male assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty frustrating. So at some point, the other guy left. Because he was only there waiting out a job. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to prove that I could do some stuff. And I stayed there and I just uh, stayed there for a year. And then I got tired of it because uh, 
the environment. Um, I mean, the environment is really more of a, of a way for somebody to leave, you know? Mm. Um, so I left there, uh, and I wanted to go work for Broadway video. So I was started contacting them and I was just so like tired of my boss. I quit and I became a bike messenger for, <laughs> for a month while I was waiting for this position to open up. Okay. So, so then I worked at Broadway and that's the last place I worked before I moved over here. Okay. Okay. What what made you decide you want, you wanted to do a master's? Uh, I got bored again. Mm-hmm. I, I know that feeling. Because I was um, working as an assistant at uh, Broadway Video, and um, those kind of positions, you know, you're an assistant for a long time before you know, maybe somebody decides to move on or they mm. die or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, you, yeah, yeah. and you, you move up, but, uh, yeah. But otherwise you're kind of stuck wherever you are. Yeah. But mm. I mean, mm. it's you, I mean, in each place, like no matter what you, you learn stuff. So. Right. Uh, right. Okay. And then, so, and after that you went to Berkeley Valencia. Mm-hmm. When I, I met you there, I mean, it just seems like you're into the recording stuff, You're, but then you're also like really good in, you know, with Macs and electronic stuff and everything else. And it kind of felt like your your palette <laughs> kind of expanded. Um, it may, well, I mean, considering what you've, you just told me, it seems like your your palette really expanded in a big way once you once you got to Valencia. Tell me about that. Yeah, so... I mean, I had gotten interested in in Max uh, and having those not necessarily music computing in the way of, of completely programming it, like um, like sound and music computing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got interested in Max, and uh, because I had already, you know, done After Effects and things like that before. Right. And I liked making little films, so I'd go mm-hmm. around and make little films. Um, oh, oh, before we continue, I mean, we're, we're talking like, you know, everybody knows what we're talking about. You want to <laughs> kind of explain what Max is? Max MSP. <laughs> uh, it's a visual programming uh, program. Um so it's it's essentially the more professional version of pure data. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's kind of a standard for people who want to do uh, whether it's sound computing um, effects. Uh, you can do I, I use it for visual effects a lot of the time too, manipulation mm-hmm. and uh, using it for like as a as a middleman for for things like Arduino. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so what did you think of that the first <laughs> that, that first semester at Berkeley Valencia? Um, I was excited. Um, so so 
yeah, I mean, I, I was interested in, in, in going over there because, um, I had heard about the, I had been following the, the campus since I knew it was going to be built. Right. Uh, and I thought they were going to have an EPD program. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is what you, music synth used to be. It's now EPD. But they were going right. to have an EPD right. master. So I was looking at that and I, because I wanted, you know, to do some, some more programming stuff, some nerdy things. Um, and I had had Steven as a teacher when I was at Berkeley Mm-hmm. So I had been in contact with him about what was going to be happening. Um, so, I mean, once I, and I really wanted to move to Europe. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I mean, the f- first semester was like, uh, I really enjoyed getting into Ableton yeah. um, because pr- Previously, I had used Pro Tools for everything, mm-hmm. and really learning Ableton was, it's like opening up a, a world of possibilities. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is, yeah, so. And, uh, and doing Macs, um, really getting into the possibility of, of, you know, creating sounds and, and manipulating those, uh, those are the main things that, that I had wanted to focus on and that I did focus on. Um, then not so much, uh, recording, um, uh, which, um, I had already, you know, I had already covered, uh, even though we did, ha- we did have to do recording and, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. doing doing that it wasn't what I wanted to focus on. Okay. okay. So from from Berkeley Valencia now, you're you're are, are you working on a on a PhD program or what what are you or is it more research stuff? What are you doing? Yeah, so I have a PhD contract at the Pompeu Fabra in Barcelona. And mm-hmm. uh, it's within the music technology group. Okay. So um, they're pretty active with sound and music computing. Mm. Uh, and they have a lot of tools uh, that are all free uh, for, for, do, for searching for samples, for, uh, uh, for MIR, which is uh, music information retrieval. Um, so that, that's their big thing. Um, but what interested me about that is, um, the interaction department, uh, which is the, the lab that I'm in, um, because the, the head of the department, uh, created the reactable. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, no, they had it at, um, like they brought it to sonar. Um, and it's uh, a tabletop instrument mm-hmm. um, where you can, you know, you take blocks and you put them on the table and you can make the, the sounds and change it around. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bjork performed with it. And 
Um, so it's kind of like a, a modular modular instrument, kind of. Yeah. Ish, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm always interested in in that because you know I like to create instruments and you know build new new things. So mm-hmm. uh, I got in touch with the head of the lab, and uh, I had wanted to originally. I was thinking of doing uh, virtual reality. Uh, like creating instruments in virtual reality or uh, music education in virtual reality, mm-hmm. um, which he wasn't, well, he wasn't super interested in the virtual reality aspect. Um, okay. And my, I, I had applied at PhD, for PhDs at other places um, mm-hmm. and it's, they're difficult to get because they're, there's, you know, scholarships. Right, 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 right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're very competitive. So I, you know, I kept in touch with, with, um, with the head of the lab, um, and uh, I changed my mind in what I wanted to, 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 to be studying. So I mean, because I was having uh, personal experiences um, with right. with post-traumatic stress disorder um, okay. and gaming really helped me. Okay. Um, so, I mean, music has is, always helps, you know, right, right, um, right, right. but also kind of un- unexpectedly having, you know, game to focus on and uh, ha- having, uh, something to interact with that could help you um, kind of a, a, like like finding another way of of like uh, not expelling your your grief but I mean you can you know it's like when you create a song and you can create a song how you're feeling uh, when you're when you're interacting in the gaming world you can you can take out your feelings in, in ways that you can in real life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got more interested in pursuing uh, virtual reality and, and music, uh, combining the two of those for, for helping people who uh, were trying to, to get over anxiety. Okay. Um, you know, whether that anxiety comes from uh, everyday things or um, it's just another thing of depression or or because it's associated with PTSD um, helpful for that and uh, I also think it, it's it's another it's something that's also going to be more important because people are experiencing PTSD from the pandemic mm-hmm. and uh, there haven't been any uh, research applications as of yet uh, combining the use of this musical therapy approach um, and virtual reality. And then I'm also using the way that I'm using uh, biosignals is um, by having um, the user's body interact with the game. So uh, we can take their brain signals 
or their brain waves, uh, their sweat levels and their heart rate and okay. plug it into the game. And the idea is to generate uh, a soundtrack from their body, their biological signals okay. so that that can generate uh, some cues for them. So what, what other things you're using to, to approach this? I mean, clearly there's, there's sensors to get capture all those things. And what else? I mean, so uh, the plan is, um, which of course I, I've done, you know, little projects with with sensors okay. and VR and, and everything before. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the approach that that I'm planning to take is uh, using an EEG for for brain waves, uh, okay. getting um, what's called a skin conductance. So that tells you uh, how much you're sweating. So so. So you uh, have an elevated uh, amount of sweat okay. when you are anxiety, when you're experiencing a panic attack or when you're anxious, you have an elevated sweat level uh, mm -hmm. and also with, with heart rate. So okay. uh, what, do you, what do you use to capture, um, to capture and process that, that data? So um the devices are still kind of pending on what I'm going to actually be able to to use, okay. but um, let's say, like for instance, one of the ones that we used in Hack Days before, uh, mm -hmm. so Bitolino, which is an Arduino-based board. So if okay. I, I put that on my skin to to measure my heart rate or my my sweat level, uh, I can feed that into uh, I fed it into Max before. Um, uh, the same with, um, you know, the myo bands. Mm -hmm. I've done a uh, demonstration before and then I perform with that as well. Um, by taking, um, my muscle movements, uh, as I'm performing and, uh, plugged that into unity and for listeners at home who don't know what unity is, it's a game engine. <laughs> so... <laughs> So <laughs> I develop in, in Unity. So um, mm -hmm. I take those uh, signals and send them to Unity from OSC, which is Open Sound Control, mm -hmm. and uh, then have the game output uh, different sounds depending on what your body is feeding the computer. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. You so when did you start this program? The uh, the PhD. Mm, last year. So. Okay. And it's uh, how long is the program? It's three years. Okay. So, I mean, first year, uh, you spend just kind of getting your information together, and I did my first year presentation, and I'm, I'm I just brought in two more outside supervisors to help because okay. uh, I have the music technology aspect and the interaction, you know, covered. Um, but we needed some people to work with uh, who were familiar with virtual reality because uh, this is going to be the first project bringing it into the group. Okay. So um, yeah, I spent two years just convincing my supervisor that, you know, VR was worth pursuing because he wasn't convinced before. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
So, I mean, I think we see, you know, there's all, all types of things that we're going to be able to do with, with VR, especially after the pandemic, you know, being able to socialize or create, um, or using it to, to get out of your current reality. So what, what, what do you see? Uh, I mean, once you've, once you've completed a PhD, what do you see? Cause I mean, are you seeing games products? What kind of things are you seeing as the, the end result or the spin-offs or whatever from this? I mean, I know, I know you're seeing therapy, but how, how, how is that going to be manifested in, in what ways do you think? Or you haven't gotten there yet? Um, I mean, I'm in one, on one hand, I'm, I'm anticipating to be unemployed after the PhD. <laughs> but oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I'm always thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. That like everything's going to fall apart. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, afterwards, I'm hoping that we're going to be able, uh, that Pierre and I are going to be able to have things set up enough so that uh, we're an open laboratory to the public. Right. Okay. And so that, you know, we can continue to do projects um, and help other people uh, do creative projects. Okay. Um, and then also, uh, if I can keep, if I can continue doing the research, um, whether that's independently or in postdoctoral or something, um, you know, I, I want to keep continue that. Um, okay. okay. It's, uh, it, building a, a consumer level uh, program or device. Um, I mean, there are already some some things coming out. Okay. Uh, but to continue to to develop it. Um, so, oh, <laughs> sorry. So, so going through this development process for the PhD has. Has that been of any benefit to you with your own personal um, processing of the PTSD and you know dealing with that stuff, the emotional things that are, that have been happening with you? Um, I mean, I think well, what the, some of the things that I found, which is a large block of the research for that, is exposure therapy. Okay. So there's something called VRET, which is VR exposure therapy that they do mm-hmm. for. Um, mostly right now for, for war veterans or okay. for um, the starting thing for, for female members who've been uh, exposed to uh, trauma in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I've, I've tried the, I've tried some of the, the application for um, like, f- like fear of heights. Okay. Um, and I think that was actually a little bit helpful. Mm. Um, I think, um, I think it's definitely been beneficial in a lot of ways, uh, because, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, for one thing, you can get your mind onto, to, to other things. Um, um, I mean, I mean, it's been kind of half and half. I think part of it was, um, kind of a little bit of exposure therapy for me, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing this and developing this was, uh, is, is helpful because mm. I could have done, you know, I could have pursued a, a different topic of, of, you know, just exploring, uh, you know, in, interaction methods for, for blah, 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 or, um, <laughs> okay. you know, something like that. But it, okay. it didn't really make a lot of sense to me to do a PhD unless it was going to be really of, of a benefit, you know? Gotcha. gotcha. So, gotcha. you know, I'm hoping, and it's, you know, somewhat comforting to, to be like, okay, this, you know, can help benefit other people. And yeah. I see that VR is is uh, helping other people with with psychological issues and um, okay. and yeah. Okay. I try cool. to. I hope it will be- benefit me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, how how is how, how are you guys dealing with the uh, you know everything that's going on? All these the curfews and the quarantines and the whatnot with everything that's going on you mean with kanye not being elected i know i mean what will we ever do (laughs) (sighs) i don't know i mean did you guys have a a confinement or or anything in in yeah yeah we did um a couple times and, and we still have curfews you know um, and depending on on the day or the events or whatever, they, they'll adjust the curfew. Sometimes they're earlier, sometimes they're later. So like we have to be in by by nine at night, and uh, we can be out again. I think by five. Um, I'm you know I'm not really sure of the point of that. I guess people like to party, so I guess that's trying to curb that. Um, but uh, yeah, but but you know for me it's fine because I'm I'm a. I mean I say it all the time. I'm I'm an, in, an introvert and I, I love my own company. So um, I'm cool. <laughs> I don't need to see a lot of people. And if I, you know, if I can speak to you on the phone or or, or text or email, I, I still feel connected to you. So I, I don't have to be in the same space with you. Um, yeah, they, they put a they put a curfew because they didn't want all of the 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 nightly parade of steel drummers. <laughs> <laughs> wrong country, wrong country. I'm <laughs> trying right? No, I'm um, not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, we had, we had, uh, you know, I mean, we here, uh, here and in Italy and in France, we had the, the harshest measures, um, and we had two months of not being able to leave the house. Right. So I was only able to leave the house to go to, to consume. Right. Uh, and you know, we get that the police would ask you what what you're doing, and so that was rough. But yeah, uh, I can imagine the yeah. best. I, I don't know that 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 it was all totally necessary. Like we couldn't even go outside and exercise or anything. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. totally. I don't needed. think it was. I don't think it was. Yeah. Um, and I think it, that in that respect, it ended up causing more problems you know because people can't exercise they're trapped Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah we had we had a few months of that too i mean i'm i guess i'm lucky i mean we're our house we have a a big yard so i can go up you know 
not that I did. <laughs> I didn't. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that something happens with it soon, though. You know, I mean, I think there. Even though I'm fine, I know a lot of people are suffering, and a lot of businesses are suffering. And um, so. Yeah, for me, the, the worst part. I mean, no, for me, the worst part of quarantine was not being able to go out and ride my bike. Mm-hmm. and exercise and then the best part was not having to see anyone <laughs> <laughs> yep yep exactly and i'm totally fine with and it was quiet yes nice and quiet because spain is the loudest country yep. on earth. valencia is not a quiet place so. uh, but i'm hoping that we don't have to do it again because they already like i'm not going i'm definitely not going back to work the rest of the year they put mm-hmm. uh, like a perimeter what they call like a perimeter confinement in Catalonia. we okay. have it in valencia so we can't go out of the region mm-hmm. so everything's the worst yeah yeah yeah, yeah but we you know one day at a time i guess i guess so one day at a time no <laughs> well, all right, Elena. Thanks for thanks for this little discussion. It's good to talk with you. It's been a while. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so well, you know, send me the, the, the other stuff I asked for. You can send that to me by email, and I'll I'll probably edit mm-hmm. this tomorrow. I'll and, send you a, I'll send you a high resolution dick pic tomorrow. Oh please, 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 please. <laughs> it won't Ooh. be mine. <laughs> oh well, never mind. <laughs> all, right. all right my friend right. <laughs> oh no no just a new picture of a mushroom <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay all right okay my love. all right <laughs>